Oh my god, Anna Jensen, is that you? Thank you for coming to my living room. Thank you for having me in your living room. Did you notice that I have like a microphone set up? It's and... pretty incredible, your setup here. There's right. a microphone, there's right. a tray, there's some sort of analog device that shows us the time that I we're know, ignoring. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that does either. It's a clock? Is that what we call those? Watches? Clocks? Um, and there's a man with recording equipment, which must mean that we're here for a podcast. I think that all signs point to podcast. And you and I have one subject strongly in common. Shady bitches. Shady bitches and... Theater. Theater in Santa Barbara. Yes. And so that must be the occasion for us speaking together today. It's theatrics! It's theatrics! Yay! Yes, our podcast on all things theatrical happening in the Santa Barbara area, sometimes dipping down to Ventura, maybe. And dipping up to Santa Maria. Right, all the way up to Santa Maria for PCPA stuff. So we're going to talk about it. And let's tell our viewers how we came to be in this living room together, talking about theater. I drove. You drove, yes. And before that, we met. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We met via, I think, the Ensemble Theater Company. Yes, where I work as a dramaturg. Where you work as a dramaturg. Yeah. And where I do not work, but go to see shows as a critic. And I review all the theater in Santa Barbara. Right. And see everything. And we've been talking about theater in town and theater in general and arts and culture. And we thought, you know... Something this penetrating needs to be shared with with the broader population. And for those who don't read, because we do already. Yeah, because you're in your car, maybe. And you're doing dishes. Or you're running. Running, yeah. People run. This is a voice to run to. Absolutely. And why not fill that time with some penetrating analysis about theater? Right? Right? Because then you have something to say at a cocktail Mm -hmm, party. mm -hmm, The next mm -hmm. time you go to a cocktail party, you're like, I have some penetrating analysis of Of theater. theater. And you can steal from us. That's fine. Yeah, that's totally fine. We'll sue you. We accept that. You're probably, if you're living in Santa Barbara, you're probably rich. Well, the (laughs) demographics don't point to that direction. You see, you can't see theater goers tend to be. I know, I know. She meant that with irony. There were air quotes in the air. There were air quotes. Um, We this week we're going to talk about theater in July, summertime, July theater, uh, where theater is enjoyed outdoors, outdoors, indoors, Uh indoors, uh, indoors and outdoors, um, in the full sky. Let's start the show. Okay. Well, welcome back to our podcast on theater in Santa Barbara. And I'm here with Maggie Yates. And I'm here with Anna Jensen. And we're going to talk first about upcoming shows and gigs in July. Which you wouldn't think that there would be a lot of it, but... As is the problem, I think, with Santa Barbara Theater. We don't, we're all living in a little sequestered, a little bit in our own reality of what theater is in this town. Which is, it's just everywhere. But you. And nowhere. Right. In being everywhere, it's nowhere. (laughs) It, but you have this opportunity 
through doing criticism and review to take, you know, to take the broad picture of what a bunch of different groups are doing in town. So, so let's start with, um, well, maybe with UCSB. Are you going to check out any of those offerings? They're doing. So, oh, what are they doing? Well, they're they're going to start the um, oh the launchpad reading the series. launchpad reading series of invited playwrights. So I'm excited about that because they generally find really interesting work to yeah. do. I found so I like the reading series, right? And yeah, I'm probably going to check those out. I think they start on the 20th and then they're once a week on maybe like a Thursday. Uh-huh. Uh, and I like I like the reading too yeah. because, you know, sometimes when you go in, it's like, well, we're doing, it's a full stage production. You go in and it's like, okay, well, this is a commitment. Right. You right. Know. Whereas a reading, you can kind of get a sense of. You can of, kind of throw it away. You don't, yeah, you yeah. don't feel as invested as an audience goer. Too, and they're usually free, I think. They're usually, is the launch pad free? That's a really good question. I don't know. Everything's free for me, so. Oh, I, everything's I free for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I see. I, I <laughs> you okay, can't we get would something to... for nothing, and I'm not going to review right. your show if I also have to pay forty dollars no, for course. it. No, of course that makes total sense. But I feel like maybe I should look it up. But I feel like the launch pad is either oh, it free might be, it or might be like... it might be just five dollars. Yeah, I think it's it's cheap if it's some token if, amount. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so there. That's exciting. Yeah. Cause... So I'm excited about that. Right. And actually, one of the launch pad reading series the one in august is done through the on the verge festival which is also coming oh, up and right. that's an exciting little and, and summer project you have well this one of yes your short play one uh, of the play. the fem fest play the talk play. back talk back tell give us a little taste of things to come for for fem fest and in on the verge so on the verge is started was started a couple of years ago by lovely local lady Kate Bergstrom who is at Brown Trinity getting her some lofty degree in directing and uh, she in collaboration with Jessica Hambright who is a local choreographer and Riley Barris who is the drama teacher over at San Marcos High School put together this festival and you know, it started small and it's kind of gained traction every year and it's down at CAW which is the community arts workshop space mm. uh, so it's it's cool in that it really represents playwrights and uh, artistic presence of color and mm-hmm. on the sort of gender queer mm-hmm. fluidity spectrum, spectrum yeah. whatever you want to call it well, so how, what is that space I'm gonna go back a little and ask you what that space is like so the space is very cool it's where they do they create all of the solstice uh-huh. float. Okay. solstice parade floats but then once that's over they move everything out and then it's just uh two warehouse spaces mm. so it's very kind of industrial yeah. you really you walk in and they just it, they put up the they space put they up put up chairs. chairs yeah yeah um and it's i think it's a very affordable space which is it's a great resource for people in the community to know oh, okay, uh great. john blondell did his uh post-election okay yeah um festival of protest plays there nice and yeah it's a great space it's uh, you have to kind of bring in your own equipment though so you have to kind Mm -hmm. of either know that you're not going to have professional grade lighting and sound or you you bring it in but uh, the the way that on the verge works is they have plays that you don't really need you know they're not doing yeah anything goes yeah (laughs) they're not doing a little shop of horrors that they need like a scrim and a uh-huh, giant all of that it's just yeah, yeah exactly so yeah. 
So it works. Um, right. So you get this very eclectic vibe uh-huh. from a lot of young people who don't necessarily live here. A lot of them are oh. just students who come into town for the festival. Really? Or they're on summer break. Right. So you get a, you just have this energy of people right. who are in college and grad school. Yeah, because sometimes when we're not seeing a college production in this town... Um, kind of miss that audience of, of oh, yeah. people under 35 i yeah i love the young the young actors yeah. the i mean the, there's something that's like less than polished yeah which i like yeah it's you know the i think that the more experience you have on stage the better you get about distancing yourself mm-hmm. from the character mm-hmm. while cool. still maintaining a connection to any sort of emotionality that you want right. to connect to it but so there is something a little bit sort of raw uh-huh. and unexpected about seeing a 20-year-old kid yeah. do a role. Because you never know. Like, yeah, you it's, just don't know. It's and like watching just... college sports. Like, anything can yeah, happen. Right? Like, what's happening next? Y- yeah, you really don't know. It has... <laughs> <laughs> this could go anywhere. This could go anywhere. <laughs> this... Yeah, that's interesting. It's, there's not, it's less, um, it's less safe. Right. Yeah. It's I mean, I definitely gone to, to this. Oh, we verge, should so. we should go this year. Oh, it's gonna be go. fun. Yeah, we will go. It'll be it'll go. be great. Um. So yeah, they're doing a couple of different things. They were gonna and, do my yeah. Hitchcock play, but then the guy who wrote the book wouldn't give me the rights. Oh, which was sad for that's me. That's not very sporting of him. I know. And I was like, really, dude, the book's mm-hmm. like ten years old. Mm-hmm. Eh, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Eh. But you are gonna do Femfest. But the, yes, I am gonna play. do. They are gonna Tell do Talkback. So Talkback is Farrelly Webster who got famous via sex tape, as you do yeah. in this day and age. That's I think that's a very postmodern sort of... Oh, so... Yeah. <laughs> the exactly. sex tape? Yes, the sex tape. Well, Fame I sex mean, tape. you know, yeah. I don't... Kim Kardashian. You know, there are, okay. there's so more we, than one. So, okay, so she gets famous via sex tape. Okay. And then does a rehab show. Mm. And then gets a bit part sort of playing herself on a soap opera and so has developed this following and so she right. does Femfest which is the feminist festival coming to a theater near you Neat. in March Women's History Month yay and um so she gets up there and she's doing her speech about how you know she's finding empowerment through this blah 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 and so she's got two people in the audience one of whom is a journalist who thinks that she's full of shit right and one of whom is a fangirl who has her back no matter what. Right. And then the two of them end up having, you know, during Farrelly's talk back in which she's going to answer Twitter questions or whatever she, yeah. she ends up kind of falling into the background right. of these two people who are fighting over something else, really. They're not fighting over Farrelly and whether or not she, you know, knew about this sex tape or didn't know about the sex tape or yeah. whatever, you know, yeah. her, whether or not she's being genuine or not, they're, you know, kind of fighting over whether or not it's okay to back somebody who maybe, you know, are you going to back that horse? She's not being honest. Does that matter? If right. it's helping me, does it matter? I don't know. Yeah. So in in that story, because I have seen it when you when you staged it pre- when it was previously staged mm-hmm. here in town. In that you're you're kind of or the play ends up asking a lot of questions about. Um, in a way, the sincerity, like, can sincerity coexist with profit and self-promotion? Uh, are those things necessarily at, at cross-purposes to one another? What are people responding to when they respond to any charismatic figure? Is it the charisma, the issue itself, the ref- them as a reflection? And 
the way you've chosen to tell that story is through, I think, a, a kind of, uh, you know, you've you've made use of the theatrical construct in that as the audience, we are participants in this woman's lecture. You know, she's right. telling us these things and we are there as audience members, but we become an extension. We become actors in that drama as well. So we're very much in the same position as the secondary characters. Right. That, and that I, made... I, I tried to set it up in a way that you really have to pick a side, you know, yeah. one side or the other. And neither right. are necessarily right or wrong. But, you know, people have an right. opinion. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's kind of my approach to theater in general is there, you know, if you are going to present a concept, you know, present several sides of the concept yeah. and let the audience look at where they stand and then hear the argument mm -hmm. for the other side mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. make that decision yeah. to remain on that side or not yeah. uh, having heard the argument to the opposite. Yeah. I, well, I think that's a mark of good theater is when it's not polemical or particularly propagandistic in some sense where it's giving you, I mean, Ibsen, who I studied a lot, <laughs> his you know, signature move is to show you one argument and then and and seem to be ferociously advocating for that perspective and then in the next play completely confound and undermine everything uh, that that yes. argument had going for it <laughs> so uh. so you end up just um uh, perpetually in a quandary about. right sort of flummoxed yeah well I find it interesting when that happens yeah. to audience members when yeah. because that to me says that you are so suggestible mm -hmm. to anything that is being thrown mm -hmm. at you that it doesn't take a lot like those are the people I love to get into arguments with oh because I'm like here's a here's a point yeah. And they're like, oh, you're right. And I'm like, oh, here's a point to the contrary. Oh, shit, oh, you're right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, well, you we're not actually brain. having an argument. You're just sponging up everything that comes out of my mouth, which right. that's not what I want in an audience at all. Like, I don't yeah. like passive audience. I like people to be a little bit uncomfortable in the theater. And 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 critically engaged. Yeah. Critically Absolutely. Like, as an audience member, if an actor yeah. breaks that wall and comes up to you and says, what are your thoughts? Uh -huh. I don't like it when people are like, oh, I'm just here to see a show. No, you're right. not. You're here to engage with material. Stop sitting there passively. Right. But I've gone to shows where it just seems like they've they've come, they want to talk to me or something. Oh, that's like, the worst. Uh, uh, <laughs> just talk to me. If you have oh, something to say to me like, that you need to get across, like, let's go to drinks. It's yeah, cheaper. Right. It takes less exactly. of my time. Like. <laughs> I am not your show, you know, <laughs> your show, you are your show, your show is your show. Mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, of course, I'm not going to pretend like the audience doesn't exist or, or be pat. It's not that I'm passive. It's just that, you know, I don't know. It's just like, really? Okay. You're going to talk to me now. You're going to, oh, yeah. you want me to say something now? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's actually me too. Like, I hate it when people yeah. come up to me in there. Yeah. Although I, I was, I heard that this happened the other night during the um the Edith Head show, which was. Did you uh, see the Edith Head show? Uh, no, I know who it, Edith Head is. Like, great. So there was a, a one woman show that okay. came through, 
before I even lived here, like it must have been seven or eight years ago. But this woman played Edith Head and it was a one woman show about Edith Head. And she one part of it was she calls somebody out of the audience and, you know, brings her down and is talking blah, blah, blah. And it, it was actually it was the reviewer. Oh, and so you know, know there's the reviewer. Well, the woman playing Edith Head didn't know. She okay. just because the guy dresses weird, he wears that stupid hat and the, you know, whatever. I don't know. I don't. I don't know I don't him know personally. He just he. I recognize him okay. by the hat you know. because he wears the okay, hat. Okay, so that couldn't have happened to you. You wouldn't have pulled him from the audience because you would have known who he was. Oh, of course, I know who everybody is. I what their career projection is. I, I have a spreadsheet that. of that too. You, you gotta know your side hustle. Maggie has a lot of spreadsheets. <laughs> I'm not even the spreadsheet kind and of a bitch. And they're color coded. They, well, you have to. You have to <laughs> be able to look at it at a glance and know what you already have tickets for and what looks terrible. <laughs> Which nothing ever does. No. Hmm. <laughs> so, okay, so Edith had the actor. Oh, so she calls the guy down she and she the- they chat and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, what's happening here? Like, what's going on? Like, what's your deal? And he's yeah. like, well, I'm a reviewer. And she's like, oh, uh, really? <laughs> so, but it does happen that you pick the wrong person in the audience yeah. to talk to. And when people choose me Danger. as the audience person yeah. to talk to, I'm like, all right, well, you chose, you know, yeah. let's see how, let's see how, let's see how fast you can dance. Like, let's do this. Mm-hmm. But, so I do get that. Yeah. And no, I don't know, I, I, I don't mean, know that I would ever pick anybody out in general, but I like the idea yeah. that if you do pick somebody out, like for instance, after the show, when you say, what did you think? And people yeah. say, oh, it was very entertaining. Like that to me is an indictment. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Like, it was very entertaining, like... Like, thanks. Like, so was MASH. Like, what... Yeah. what? Right. Right. One one does not seek to merely entertain. Right. So... Yeah. Yes. That's where I stand. Well, but that's why I like the On the Verge Fest, just to bring it back to that. Oh, okay. Is because you, you, ha- you are a little bit engaged just because everybody is a little bit raw. Because they're not as polished. Yeah. And I think that the whole idea okay. with On the Verge is that... They don't care about that. Like, yeah. they like theater that's a little rough around the edges. Right. That, you know, forces people to kind of, what is going on right now? Yeah. Which yeah. I think is great. I think it's entertaining as yeah. well. Yeah. And I think there's a long tradition of that in the theater. Like, when you think about medieval theater being more, uh, rel- well, obviously religious, but in in being that, being, you know, essentially a part of somebody's life and being an a facet of expression for ordinary people, not just for, you know, people are specifically trained and kind of professional. That's what they do, but just kind of like another way of experiencing life and processing life Mm -hmm. and connecting with other people. And like like playing music. Oh yeah. You know, but I mean, it's tough. And you take like the playing music example. I, you can't listen to somebody who doesn't know their way around the instrument play music because right. they're not. It's essentially like giving a baby a set of bagpipes and being like, have a great time. Let's all tune in. You can't. And so I do re- recognize that there is essentially a little bit of training that you have to have because you yeah. can't watch people, no matter how engaging they are in person, right. try to do theater without a little bit of training because they can't. It's You're not doing theater unless you have been trained. Like there are There is sort of a like ABC that defines it as an there art is. form. But even in the Middle Ages, they did practice. They did, they did train for it. It was right. something they were oriented to, to you know. But I, I, I hear what you're saying. You don't want to 
It's not the bag, baby in the bag. We don't want that. But uh, maybe there is something kind of disconnected and too processed or mediated in, you know, think about like if you go to Disneyland. Have you ever gone and seen a like theatrical production at Disneyland? Yes. Yes, that, I have. Like they do, I don't, you know, the 10 minute version of of Aladdin, Aladdin or right. whatever. Yeah. Or whatever it is. And it's like, it's so slick. It's mm-hmm. like all the slickness about theater. Oh, it's essentially like watching consult- the cartoon. It is. On stage. Yeah. And and there's nothing about it that feels anything other than just polished. Which but it's I not very trouble. enjoyable. I mean, it's not yeah. enjoyable in a way. I have trouble with that because I yeah, I do think that too. if all you're watching is a replica of what you can see on television, which mm. part of the appeal of a movie or of TV is that editorially they've taken raw material yeah. and sanded it down into a very particular shape because yeah. you have the ability to do that. Like if you have the ability to cut scenes, to shave minutes, to do this, that, yeah. and the other, why wouldn't you yeah. do it to as much as you can? Like, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. Aladdin, the Disney movie, is great. It's super entertaining. It's, right. you know, 80 minutes of whatever yeah. it is. And it's it's great. But I wouldn't want to see that on stage because yeah. I can put the DVD in or find it on Netflix right. or whatever right. and watch it in my free time. Well, they find, you know, analogous thrills in the 10-minute or 15-minute production that they do at Disneyland. I think they've replaced it with Frozen now or something oh, else. I don't know what it is. But... Uh, they find analogous thrills, but they're they're very much. It's very safe. It's so safe. It's I so mean, safe that it's, it's boring. So safe that it's that it's that it is boring. Or it's, I mean, I I, ha- I can't tell you that I haven't gone and enjoyed it, especially with my kids and all that. But, oh sure, but it's that's not theater. It's to designed me. to be enjoyable, yeah, though. It's exactly. not designed it's to make engineered. you think. Like, I mean, I feel like I would be the, be the person sitting in the yeah. audience and being like, "I'm really interested in how yeah. they've edited this down to ten minutes. Like, how do you find the essential <laughs> seed in an eighty-minute cartoon for children and not have Robin Williams and yeah. you know turn right. turn this thing out? Like, how do you do that? Yeah. Like, that's what I would find interesting yeah. about the experience. Right. Not that I would be totally ignoring people singing a whole new world because, again, like I can get that anywhere right. like I don't need to but I, right. I recognize that people have different needs in terms of their art intake well, and that that brings up another thing that's playing in town or just on the periphery of our town in Solvang at mm-hmm. PCPA Theater Fest they're doing Beauty and the Beast right 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 which just which started um as a animated feature and then mm-hmm. Disney did it as a live feature mm-hmm. and now it's be- here's here's an interesting analogy. One of my students went to see a production. I forget what production it was, and he said afterwards, "This is." He said at one point he found himself thinking, "This is like great 4D animation." Yes, and it, in some ways, I feel like theater has decided that. That's what its aim is, to be great 4D animation. Mm. <laughs> or that's what you're talking about. Yeah. That's... When we when we distill the animated feature into the live, you know, when yeah. we take that and direction. I, so I guess this is, we were talking about this earlier. What? How do we define 
art and what yeah. is art and and how do we draw that line as to what what are if what we're is what we're seeing art and in what capacity is it art mm-hmm. and like i would argue that that 10 minute version of aladdin the artistry is in the editing yeah right the artistry is in what you see on stage the artistry i mean but that i guess kind of undercuts the actors and the lighting designers and everything that goes into creating it but i, the I don't know the imagineers. Yeah. the imagineers yes thank yes. you the disney imagineers <laughs> Very highly paid, highly trained, etc. Art- artists of of mimesis. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, like where I guess is, I guess that's creating art and creating artistry. Yes, and and where do we where do we find it? Where do we hope to find it? And is it a problem? Is it a problem? Is it a problem? If there is no, if there is a drought of art, but yeah a huge watershed of artistry Uh uh-huh yeah that's a good question i mean that's like the culture at large right there's just an endless stream of stimuli Mm -hmm. that you can get you're distracted by but do you ever do are we ever asked to really attend to anything are we just allowed to be distracted by it yeah see that's i guess for me that's where for me, I don't enjoy it if I'm yeah. just being distracted by it. Like, yeah. I just can't, I can't bother with it. If all of it's going to do is distract me for 30 minutes, like, I, I got stuff to do with my 30 minutes. Right. So if I'm not going to be engaged with it, I don't want to. Which don't is why when I'm that. bored after 20 minutes in the theater, I'm like, what is happening? Uh, yes. How is this boring? It's live people on stage. What are you doing? Somebody take off their pants. <laughs> That's my go-to. Are we about to have a murder? <laughs> <laughs> I, I know so. I want to just like sneak backstage and like, and, like come on in what? somebody's wig and costume and right. like perform a murder and just like make them dance. Oh, you're doing high society? Let's do high society on a train. Well, that there's another show that's coming right that, up. Yep. That is high coming society up. High society at uh, now high society is it, it you know started out as a stage so first yeah, tell we me the have history. the stage Okay, so first we have the stage play Philadelphia story. Right. And it's a big hit and everything. Mm-hmm. And wait, is this the one about AIDS? No, I didn't think so because I thought Grace Kelly was in it, and AIDS wasn't a thing then. No, what are you thinking of? <laughs> <I> <laughs> Philadelphia cannot... Story with Tom Hanks, and it's about AIDS. Oh no, that's like what is that? Is that just Philadelphia? Oh, maybe that's just Philadelphia. Okay, it's that's just that's... Philadelphia. Well, it's a story in Philadelphia. All right, okay. never mind. Okay, so okay. great. High okay. society, totally, not about totally AIDS. Totally not about AIDS. For those listening. Not even sort of about not AIDS. Not going to be about AIDS. Not even about We're AIDS We're going to get all. Catherine Bottoms in a cocktail dress, which... Makes sense to uh, Makes bo- sense. She was and born in a cocktail dress. I think she I was, heard. and I, yeah, I've i heard that too. I've heard that she just came out in a cocktail yeah. dress. Yeah, and they were like, hand her a martini right now. Yeah, like, and, yeah. And, a long, and that's and a how lorgnette, and you know? that's how Catherine Bottoms came, came to be the legend. Yeah, so obviously good casting there. So, but okay, so it started out as a stage play, and Catherine Hepburn mm-hmm. was having a her career was kind of in a doldrum gotcha. at this point. And did she, she have a baby? That always no, happens. I don't think she had any babies. Ever, oh, right. I don't know. Usually, when uh, actresses hit that thirty mark and oh, start I, popping I don't them even out, I know if she was thirty at this point. How could she have was had already a doldrummy? Oh my god! This, or a lull. I don't know. Okay, anyway, whatever. Philadelphia. She decided to story. buy the rights to the play so that she could make it into a movie herself. Like okay. Scoop them before anyone else. Right. So she could cast herself in that role, which she did in in the movie, and it ended up being a, a 
very big hit, of course, mm-hmm. Cary Grant, Jimmy Stewart. And then later it was made into a movie musical, High Society. And is that that's where uh, Cole Porter comes in? Yeah, it's where Cole Porter comes in. Okay. And so we get this 50s, I think it was 50s, mm-hmm. maybe early 60s movie of High Society. And now we have the stage version of that. So it's kind of returned, in a sense, to its to its roots origin but with Cole Porter music in it but with still with Cole Porter and, and still with Catherine. cocktail dresses yeah and well maybe there were never not cocktail dresses maybe cocktail dresses were just sort of part of it the entire time I don't know well, I have never seen Philadelphia story. actually Philadelphia story Philadelphia story god yeah damn Philadelphia it. is the one about AIDS right sorry <laughs> <laughs> I feel like or I feel something. like that would be more <laughs> I'm sorry, totally my question is like, I, feature. I'm, I'm Philadelphia, sure. <laughs> Philadelphia, Philadelphia story. Followed by the Philadelphia story. <laughs> Maybe we do Philadelphia story, followed by Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Right. And have everyone leave in a dirge. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. No, make them watch the AIDS one first. Yeah. And then be like, okay. <laughs> Give me some Cary Grant now. <laughs> Judy, Judy, Judy. <laughs> I love him. He's so I do great. too. He's, he's One of my dad's favorite delightful. Santa Barbara stories is that Ooh. he was driving around Ooh. and he pulls up next to this fancy ass car oh, and looks over and a white haired Cary Grant <sighs> looks over at him and smiles and gives him the Cary Grant smile and then oh, drives my off. Goodness. That and is I think precious. he may have swooned. I think I'm swooning. I, I kind of. I think I'm swooning right here. Yeah, it was a little bit awkward, actually, for me to swoon while my dad, also swooning, That's is telling me a story about yeah. his nostalgia over swooning. And and you said, oh, Cary Grant wasn't he in Philadelphia with Tom Hanks? He played the didn't he have AIDS? <laughs> My dad's like, no, I think that's Rock Hudson. Yeah, Rock Hudson, right? I know. This Santa Barbara used to be kind of a hangout for some right? of these cool people. Well, he's got <laughs> another another one. Is he says that like there was a fire at some point out in Montecito, and he you know heard about it the next day when newspapers were a thing, and the yeah, newspaper had came to wait out. For the newspaper. And um, he says Gene Hel- Gene Kelly's house burned <sighs> down, and what he really remembers from this is this picture in the newspaper of Gene Kelly Gene. being old because he was old yeah, in the time, and just kind of standing there very solemnly. In the ashes. Watching Ugh. his house burn down. Oh. And he says that it was just like the most horrible picture of this, yeah. this person that you really associate right. with. Joy. Yeah. With this like very assertive sense yeah. of joy. Right. Just oh. being a real person. Oh, wow. Yeah. But then I think about it and I think, what are the, when are the times that I've enjoyed Gene Kelly the most? And it's like when you get that little glimpse of like the person that's uh, underneath that very assertive sense of joy. Definitely. Definitely. But again, I mean, with the movie musical, that that's what we're talking about. That's all artistry. Like Gene yeah. Kelly, artistry. Yeah. Also artist. He, he embodied but, that. But oh. yeah, I mean, it's. Gene Kelly's amazing. Oh my God, I know. Yeah, definitely. Mary worthy. Marry him. Yeah. He could dance. Kill Ginger dance. Rogers. Yeah. Fuck Fred Astaire. Yeah. Marry Gene gone. Kelly. I like Fred Astaire too. I'm, I'm a fan. Oh yeah, I have no problem with him. Yeah. Co- all Corp- Cole Porter people. That was all Cole say. Porter people. Cole Porter people. This is essentially our high society. Yeah. Absolutely. So. But yes, high society at SBCC. So, so that's coming up soon. That's coming up next week. High society. Two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. Mid okay. mid July. So we have Beauty and the Beast, PCPA. Lend me a tenor, PCPA. We're on the verge of On the Verge. We're on the verge of On the Verge. Oh, okay. Lend me a tenor. Now, who, what, yeah. I don't know anything about it. 
other than I'm going to see it and review it for The Independent. So Oh, we'll, that's fun. Yeah. I want to go with you to that. Yeah, you should. I want to see Lenny and Tenor. I we'll go. It's in Solvang. It's Under the Stars. Theater Under the Stars. I love Solvang Under the Stars. I do, too. Theater. It's very fun. It is. It's and a great venue. I feel like everything I see there, I like more because of the venue. Oh like, I God. saw it in the Heights, and it was like, meh, but right. I liked it. Yeah. Because of the venue. Now, there's a venue where uh, one time I went and I didn't have adequate clothing, layers, because it was like a super hot day, yeah. and I was dumb, <laughs> and I forgot that you there's forgot the rule of layers. And yeah, I just forgot all about layering. I'm from Minnesota. So I'm usually you, not you caught lived, unaware. You lived in Berkeley. Like, I've, I've did lived you forget the rule of... That was the one thing that when I came into Cal, everything. people told me. They were like, always wear layers because it will be hot. Uh-huh. And then in 10 yeah. minutes, it will be raining. And then in 10 minutes, it will be hot again. And then five minutes after that, it'll be foggy for the right. rest of the summer. But in Solfang, it's... It's, it's the same. dramatic. And in that sun goes down and it is the Arctic. Yes. And they sell people... They sell or rent... I mean, they rent. Blank blankets. Oh, right. Of course. You know, but I think I didn't have like enough cash for a blanket. It was mm, some sad course. story like that. So I was like, you know, was there I, I was, was there like, no one attractive like around you? Oh, there might have been that you could like. I, I, I don't think I made. I think I lost my ability to make eye contact with warm people. That I've point. heard that that's a that's, that's one a of the first and signs of yeah hypothermia. Of, of hypothermia. You can't make you eye can't make eye contact with, with people, people anymore. Yeah, I know. It's like give me lend me a blankie. <laughs> So yeah. now I have to go up with, you know, the outfit. Yes. You have you to know. bring the full, the parka, the water right. polo parka. Like we will not, my Uggs, my fluffy yeah. Uggs. Yeah. But know. also flip flops because, you right. know, the sun won't go down until 10 minutes into the first act. That's right. Because it's like 90 and then it's Yeah. And then 40. it's negative 90. Yeah. Exactly. And. But it's, and you can eat there. Like I have to I say. Know. Why I know we were both saying theaters? bad things about theater that merely entertains but one thing i love is just to be able to eat during a show i know i do too you know i really and like the um have you done the the hoodie pouch yet no oh girl you got to do the hoodie pouch what the hoodie the pouch hoodie is incredible pouch? the hoodie pouch is when you have a hoodie and you put it on backwards so that the hoodie hangs down and then okay. you just fill it with snacks and oh then God. you just have like a bowl of snacks hanging out of oh your hoodie pouch and you can just like this is people do this in the movie theater all the time they and you just do? like oh yeah oh my god yeah and then you just like you know you pick the snacks that you want out of oh, your friend's wow. stash and wow. then you just put them in your hoodie pouch and then you mix them around like just a fantastically oh. greasy and then you have to wash it every time obviously, oh, obviously. Especially Obviously. if you're eating like buttered popcorn or like oh, yeah. nacho but, cheese. But I'm going to be a complete hypocrite though and say that sometimes I can be completely distracted by other people munching on food in any theater. Like oh, movie theater. well, just in general. Like it irritates me when people are chewing too loud at the table next to me. I know. What are you doing? So, what is happening? This is one of the problems with theater. <laughs> Is People it, can't chew quietly, and it's a real problem. We can't chew quietly, yet we want to eat. <laughs> I know, well, popcorn. right? This is why we or can't whatever. have nice things. This is why we can't have nice you just, things. You can only eat at loud shows. Okay. Okay. All right. Or just if you're going to unwrap that candy and then... Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's annoying. See, that's annoying. I don't want to be that person. Do that at rapper. least when somebody's yelling. Uh, or when a song comes on. Yeah. Or something yeah. like that. Like, the be courteous. Tuning up. Yeah. Yeah. That's all okay, I have to say about that. Maybe we could come that. up with a list of like acceptable foods, you hmm. know, sort of moist, licorice, chewy, licorice foods. 
Yeah. Maybe we could come up with a line of theater food. Theater food. That could be Yeah, it's got to be soft. Makes us no wrapper. No, no wrapper. Uh, no chewing noises. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that could be our thing. I th- That would be great. I think yeah. that that would not make us rich, but it might well, make us... We've identified a need. That's true. Isn't that what they say? Well, do? the problem, though, is that how many people go to theater? This was our... Oh, okay. You're right. You're right. We only have we only have a limited. We have a li- to, send this, <laughs> to sell this product too in the first place. Man, damn it! Go to more theaters. See it. more theater. Yeah. If everyone out there if was everyone seeing out more there theater, was seeing more theater we, and was, we would also, have was hungry, we would have so much money, <laughs> and then we could put on more theater, non-existent product, and, we s- yet. <laughs> and sell more snacks. That's the thing is, I think that these snacks already exist. You mean licorice? Yes. Now, or even better, the little bite-sized licorice that's already cut up into pieces for you. Oh, that's who buys those? <laughs> I don't know, but these are but the people that we're going to be selling to. So we have to have, stop oh, having okay. disdain stop for these clients because this them. is our retirement. Okay, okay. Is this red licorice or black licorice? I think you can get it in either. You can, you can have either. I one. think that you okay. really you have options. All right, we'll leave there. we'll leave the options open. Okay, so we've. What other okay? What other theater is coming up? Oh, so we have Rent and Sweeney Todd, both youth productions. Oh, awesome! Those are really both yeah. kind of both amazing shows. Amazing, both dark. shows that are yeah they right. and I think that that's a really good age group. Yeah, you know this sort of like high school college. Yeah. I think Absolutely. it's it's great. It um, gives kids meaty roles mm-hmm. and music and music and and teaches them a little bit more than being in. Annie again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's funny you were, you said Annie because I was about to say Annie. I think that it's sort of the quintessential like kid musical. Yeah, because yeah, because there, there are literally children and, written yeah. into it. Like right. it's one of those shows you actually need children for. And I grew up doing that show, or you know, that was a that was like on Broadway when I was little. So yeah. I think I feel like it's everyone... always on Broadway. I feel like it's still on Broadway. And and yet when Sweeney Todd was first produced, it was considered kind of it came out the same year as annie did it yes and greece (laughs) oh god greece annie sweeney todd so which one of these is not like the other yeah well which which of these am i willing to see well now versus the other but but back then you know people were yeah people kind of had a meltdown about it didn't they by by sweeney todd yeah which i don't understand i mean it's such a sexy show their horizon of expectation was oriented (sighs) towards was annie Annie and or greece um to me greece is a terrifying show i know oh my god horrible seriously like at least sweeney todd like you have this idea (laughs) it's not set it's set in the past it's set in like this kind of evil fairy tale uh, version of yeah. london yes you know it's it's it has this this sort of quality to it that's very fantastic right but greece i remember watching greece like yeah. as a kid and being like oh shit man this i'm so far behind like i gotta figure out what all this means i'm going to high school in like five years like i, mm-hmm. I don't know i don't get any of this yeah and i really probably should by the time yeah. i'm 13 so yeah. time to hit the internet Uh-oh. which was an amazing resource I by bet. the way i bet you could Google all those things. You, I did. Uh, you, you could. You them. can. You still can. I did. And I learned a lot that summer from Greece. So I guess thank you to Greece. Greece. Uh, all of my previous boyfriends should ooh, be thanking should Greece. Should be thanking Greece for those moves. <laughs> for Your knowing that it's a Olivia. bad thing to get pregnant in the back of a car. 
when you're in your senior year of high school. Don't do it. People. Don't do it. Just don't, don't do, do it. it. It's Just messy. Stay away from the back seat. And it, it, everybody will talk about you at the drive-in. <laughs> Rizzo's PG. Pass it on. Oh, gosh. Poor Rizzo. <laughs> Poor Rizzo, Poor right? Poor Rizzo. She's so... Poor Rizzo. I feel like she's she was... cast off by the society. I know. You know. Why is that? I think she's the poor one. I think that that's the problem. People don't like dealing with the poors. Yeah, as right. we call them. You're right. Them well, versus them. like me. So like have, I'm not part of that. Like, so we have rent about rent, which is also about the poors. No, that's about the it's broke. The poors, the broke. It's the about the broke because a there's a difference between poor difference. and broke. There's a difference, and I think that. Another show that's coming up, or that may be coming up, The Guy with the Motherfucking Hat. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's about the poors versus uh-huh. Rent, which is about the brokes. That is a great distinction, the brokes, because we're talking about... That was a, a take on La Boheme. Uh, right, right. So consumption, poverty. AIDS. AIDS. Well, now AIDS. Now then AIDS. Then consumption. consumption. Another what would it be now, point. now that AIDS is no longer the AIDS huh. of... Well, that's right. Are we post-AIDS? Are we post-AIDS? I mean, I feel like we can't necessarily be post-AIDS yeah. until people stop having AIDS. Yeah. Right. And I think that... And actually, I asked Shab this question the other day because he is worldly and knows these things. And he kind of gave me that look of like, oh, you're so privileged and obnoxious. Like, go to Africa. And yeah. I was like, oh, God, I forgot Ooh, about that whole... Africa. Yeah. Mm, global yeah. problems. Mm, yeah. Yes. So, Yeah. yeah. But like yeah. I was, I. But I know what you mean, though. for For the construct of the theatrical, yeah, for the know, construct of the theatrical, the, what is it? I what, mean, because now, I mean, that came out. Be. When did that come out? Nineteen ninety. Ooh, was it that long ago? I feel like it. I mean, it's Could it's be. been a minute. Yeah. So Sorry, I feel like that came out but... in the nineties, at least. Okay, I mean, yeah, nineties, and Definitely. and I feel like if you were to ask those kids, like who are in Rent. Coming yeah. to center stage, and I don't know who any of them are. Right, but okay, it's coming to center. It's coming what to center group stage. Is doing that? Okay. I, a youth-ish group. It's not one that I know very okay. well. I don't. I don't know the who's Sounds running fun. it. So it's not. It may be kind of a one-off. I'm not yeah. sure. I'll have That's to look cool. into that. But um, but I feel like if you were to ask those kids, yeah, like I remember there was a girl in elementary school with me whose mom died of AIDS. She was a drug addict oh. and she died of AIDS. And like, yeah. so that it was very, it was one of those things Real. that we were like kind of afraid of. Like, oh my God, oh. don't get the AIDS. But <laughs> I don't, I don't feel like if you were to ask the kids who are in the show, like, do you know anyone with AIDS? Do you have a concept of like what this, this meltdown in society yeah. was? Yeah. Do you have any idea like the fear that people had of this is right. like, do you have, and I don't think that people do anymore. Well, that's in a sense, not that generation that's because anyway. we have a, 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 you know, sense of the contours of it now, you mm-hmm. know, the, the progression, the transmission, the right. And we have some drugs that can help, but, uh, you know, there's also no a test. That's right. That you can do like pretty immediately. And like, I think, uh, an immediate, like a morning after pill. A morning after pill for AIDS, yeah, really? for HIV. Oh wow, I think so. That's I think there's like something that like if you take it, like you have to this take it for like, like an a, urban myth. This well, is like I read the, it in a book by a drag did, queen. Was so this I don't in know if the he was Philadelphia joking or not. Story? This was in the Philadelphia story. <laughs> <laughs> this was in Philadelphia. This was in Philadelphia. The documentary. The documentary. <laughs> okay, I'm a don't don't I'm I'm a let's theater critic. Take, I'm not a doctor. Yeah, don't, let's don't, not take don't, a medical advice. Let's use a condom, sushi. people. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> That's my advice. Okay, just just be safe. Don't do drugs. Do drugs, but don't do heroin. That's 
Isn't that's another lesson from Rent? That is so, that is a lesson from Rent. Don't do heroin. So it will suck your ability to write rent, the next great song. That's right. And you will not be able to make your rent. And your junkie girlfriend, because you will have <laughs> so a junkie girlfriend problems. if you are a junkie. Because you can't yeah. have a girlfriend who's not a junkie if you're a junkie. Like, you it's just can't. True. It's true. So in the Just Say No production of Rent that's coming out <laughs> at Center Stage, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'll, that would be fun. I, I I'm looking forward to I it. I want to see yeah. that. And then Showstoppers at La Colina is yes, doing Sweeney Todd. The Demon Barber of Fleet the Demon Street. Bar- oh, such a, such a good 20th. show. Uh, what else is coming up on the horizon? High Society, High on, society the verge. on the Verge. Oh, um, Stupid Fucking Bird. Elements oh, yeah. is doing Stupid Fucking Bird. That is going to be really good, I think. It's oh, uh, yes. directed by Risa Brainin, who is over at uh, UCSC. She's the chair She's right the, now. Yeah, the... At a uh, chair of drama mm-hmm. or theater at UCSC. She's the big wig over there. Yes, she's the, the man of 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 the woman of the woman of the woman of the man. So, yeah, so they're doing Stupid Fucking Bird, which is a play on... The sequel. Uh, the sequel. A take on the sequel. A take on the it, sequel. A play on, about the take. A take of the... Right. It's a... Yeah. Now, does the seagull carry avian flu in this version, or is it totally not uh, about bird-carrying diseases at all? No no mass pandemics and stupid fucking bird. I haven't... I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, there's not, Maggie. You no, should know that. You should uh, know that the answer is no. Oh, yeah. And I some, don't know. And some... I don't know. Uh, I did check off right that. <laughs> um, What's a seagull? What's a seagull? <laughs> <laughs> we have. That's uh, a bird we have. That's my dumb blonde voice for both of <laughs> that's, us. That's my, yeah, that's my dumb blonde voice too. <laughs> it's not that different from my regular voice. <laughs> no, not really. Uh, so th- that will be fun. And people I know are in that. Yes. Brian Harwell is in yes. that. But Terry Lee is in that. Yes. Okay. So that's going to be a lot of fun. To see mm-hmm. And where is that playing? So Elements plays everywhere. So they, you have oh. to go to their website, elements.org. Because um, oh, they, you know, each each production is in a different place. But usually uh-huh. it's like uh-huh. there's one at the piano kitchen, one at the guitar bar, one at, you know, maybe the mortuary, which I love seeing their shows at the mortuary. Now, what piano, cool... like which one of these is not like the other? The piano kitchen. The piano kitchen. The guitar bar. The guitar bar, which may not be a thing anymore. I don't know. Stuff comes and goes here so quickly. Well, I thought th- this was a dumb blonde moment I had. I thought the guitar bar was a bar. I think where, that maybe it where is. I've never have been. Drinks. I've only been there when it's been a theater. Well, my husband David Paris t- tells our me, producer David our producer, Paris David Paris tells me that they sell guitars there. It's and drinks right? guitars no, and that's drinks. What I thought. See, no, you this blonde dumb blonde thing's contagious. Now. I don't think that's dumb. I think that when you call yourself a bar, a bar. people expect to get a margarita. Okay, you're like, right. I was just being a smart blonde. That's them being a dumb that's, blonde. I know, and they're in the calling up the guitar bar. I'm expecting to go zone. and get live music from a guitar and yeah, a drink and a drink. I don't. Th- I don't think drinks are included. I think they just sell guitars there. Well, then that is They've, their it's their business failing plan. business model, L- and, and that is not our fault. Can we yeah. have licorice? <laughs> I'm gonna put it in my hoodie pouch <laughs> and just eat it out of my clothing. Will the guitar get in the way of my hoodie pouch? <laughs> Do I have bag? to know how to play it for you guys to listen to me? <laughs> they point to the sign that says "No stairway." No stairway. <laughs> <laughs> The air guitar bar. That's where, where I'm going. That, I would go to the air guitar bar. Right. 
Have you ever been to one of those air guitar contests? No. They're incredible. I have not. You would not think that it'd be incredible, and it's incredible. <laughs> so I think that someone should do a production about that. Okay, we should. We that, should that'll have, be upcoming. We should have a, a skit, our- <laughs> at least, about competing air guitar contestants. Oh, that's so funny. All right. Okay. Well, we are out that's of what's, time. Yeah, that's what's coming oh up in July. Gosh, so. July. I know. Come and gone so quickly. in Santa Barbara. Every month. So much theater. Okay, we'll talk later. We Maggie. will talk later. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to us. This is Anna Jensen. And this is Anna Jensen, and that is Maggie Yates. This is Maggie Yates. I can't say my own name. Thanks for listening to us at Theatrics. You can find us at theatricssb.com. Also, find us on Facebook and Twitter. Like us, retweet us, do all the shit with us. We're here. And thanks to our music producer, Miles Vinico, and to our producer-producer, David Paris. He's a gem. Yes. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.